Guys, we haven't even started, and I am like physically sweating. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> mm. I think I need more wine. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're good. Previously on Bad Heroes, you heroes successfully infiltrated the Eternal Masquerade. Uh, you made this bed, now you got to stab in it. Let's see what happens. All right. <laughs> She's aiming her spear at Oberon, just trying to hit him hard. He is maintaining eye contact with you. You don't want to hurt me, do you? I think you're here to protect me. You are under my control now. (laughs) Oh, no. Gideon's going to cast aphasia on him. Sneakily, the affected creature is unable to communicate, so I assume that means he cannot tell his thralls what to do and he cannot tell Wingatha what to do. Yes, that is a brilliant play. Iria is going to say this poem at Oberon. We have come to release these of your wicked ways, though forever they're cursed, to never see the day. No longer are they under your numbing spell. Each year they'll rejoice for the moment you fell. Tarnarir is going to give chase. He's going to get out his cold iron dagger, and his goal is to jump at the curtain, stab the curtain, and ride the curtain down. (laughs) 45 feet! We get the stop. This isn't you. She locks eyes with Nyx and comes back to herself, and she is pissed. The remaining thralls circle, snarling. My love, you are my last chance at happiness, and I believe in seizing happiness. Gideon, you try to back away from him, towards your friends, towards the light. He is too fast. Oberon grabs you and he bites you. And it is not like what Thalia did. It is deeper and faster, like he is trying to drain you of all of your life as fast as he possibly can. This bite is like he is really and truly going to kill you. And then you hear Oberon gurgle a scream. There is an enormous bite taken out of him. It is Thalia, and she is wearing her black opal gown and a furious expression. And she has Oberon's blood on her lips. And she says, Oberon, you shouldn't have done that. I was at the grocery store and I saw a bunch of people with paper towels. All the toilet paper was gone, of course. But then I saw someone who had a bunch of water and a bunch of beer. They were stocking up. <laughs> was it Corona? Were they Corona? It wasn't. It wasn't Corona. No. <laughs> Somebody is gonna sit out the virus in style. When this comes out, if uh, if people listening are in quarantine and they're bored, well, I hope we're entertaining you. We're sorry you're in quarantine. So are we. <laughs> Stay home. Stay home and listen to us. We have stories for you. Don't leave quarantine. Yeah, plenty of stories. And if you get bored with that, just put a bunch of saran wrap on the window and then slowly peel it off. It's really satisfying. <laughs> yeah, as you can maybe be able to tell, coolness uh, is in Washington and he's been bored longer than the rest of us. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I've been finding inventive things to do. But you know what we all have in common? We're We're human. All of our stores are out of toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) Hooray. Oh my God. Okay. Are you guys ready? I am so ready. Hey, I just want to check in. How's everybody feeling? Like the players. Oh. (laughs) Oh. Like (laughs) I was gonna. No, not the characters. I know how that's going. How's, how's, how like the, how the players doing? Like, how you guys doing? This, uh, this boss fight, we're on like 
the third episode, I would say, of this boss fight. Oh, you're talking about the fake world, not the real world. Okay. No, the fake world. Yes. yes. But I mean, also, I guess, how are you, Liska, as a human? Oh, I'm fine. Okay. All right. Totally fine. That was so succinct. <laughs> <laughs> so believable. Uh, no, like, how, how are you guys as players doing? Oh, hanging in pretty well. I, I'm, like, stoked for the fight. I've got all my spells open, and I'm sitting here with all of my dice going, I'm going to kill the thing. <laughs> <laughs> that is goals. I'm doing good. I have flashcards with all my stuff on it because I haven't been playing my bard correctly, so um, now I am going to <laughs> here in this last stretch home run. going to knock it out of the park. Hold up. You mean trying to summon an electric guitar so that you can use the auxiliary cord was not doing it correctly? Oh, no, that was definitely correct. It was a lo- everything else, pretty much. Oh, it's not that. <laughs> How you doing, Kaz? Well, Silence. <laughs> promising. Um, good. <laughs> For uh, the audience who wasn't here before, um, Kaz is drunk. <laughs> Apparently she needed to get drunk to come to this session because uh, I presume it's because she's so worried about her sweet, sweet Gideon. I have rolled my next character. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who's your next character? You'll have to see, won't you? <laughs> Don't worry, it won't take long. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. So, we are locked into a moment, all of us, where everything has escalated. Tonrir, Iria, and Wingatha, you three stand with Nyx, facing down ten glamorously masked thralls in the sweeping ballroom, who have been activated and who have turned on you with one hive mind, ready to throw themselves into the line of fire, protecting the master of this castle. Gideon just steps away from the light of the ballroom, you are down a dark stairwell inside of a dusty, unlit cellar surrounded by bottles of wine and bottles of blood. You have just been bitten by Lord Oberon, who is attempting to turn you into his vampiric consort, and you are bleeding at an alarming rate. Beside you is Thalia, who has ripped Oberon off of you, trying to stop him from doing to you what he did to her. Cold hands keep you from falling to the floor, and you stand in near-complete darkness with the two most powerful creatures in this castle. And that is where we're at. Who's cold hands? Thalia. She's, like, holding you up. Okay. And Gideon, she is holding you up because you have just taken four points of constitution damage. Oh. Fuck a duck. You already had one point of constitution damage from before. Your hit point max is normally 17, and you are down to 14. You have lost 12 hit points from not just your current, from your max. And you sit at two points, two hit points, for your current hit points and your max. You cannot be healed above two hit points right now. Woo! And she's got bleed? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God! You are bleeding, and at the beginning of every turn, you will take 1d4 of damage until you have been treated with a DC 15 heal check or with healing magic. Well, bye, motherfuckers. (laughs) Those of you in the back, that's one bad roll, and she is unconscious. I know we have not really dealt with death saving throws, but um, 
We might be about to. So the way it works is when you slip below zero, you become unstable and you are dying. If you hit negative 10, Gideon, which is equal to your constitution score, then you are really and truly dead. Okay. No biggie. (laughs) I have a plan. Yeah? Is it to write my eulogy? (laughs) Well, no. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So if I recall, I was trying to run toward you, like giving chase. I think I was making my way down the stairs toward that cellar. And I think everybody else was behind me. I will tell you where you guys are at. Tonrir, I think you had just sort of done your cool pirate knife trick and dove down from the third story walkway to the floor mm-hmm. and then ran half of your distance, which is 30 feet. Mm-hmm. That puts you about 20 feet north of the stairwell. Okay. And then everybody else is clustered at the uh, top of the stairwell. And for the sake of my own reference, how long is the stairwell itself? We'll say they're down like 15 feet. They're kind of... Lower on the stairwell. Oof. Okay. So that's going to be two moves to get to her. Yeah, for you, for everybody else, it's going to be one move to get there. So, Gideon, you are down in this dark room with Oberon. About 20 feet away are Nyx, Wingatha, and Iria, and they have five thralls circling them between them and the rest of the ballroom, not between them and you. And then, Tonrir, you are about 30 feet north of the stairwell in the ballroom with three thralls facing you in particular. Okay. So that is where we are. I do think we, I forgot to deal with the owl. So I assume the owl was fluttering around uh, Gideon and Oberon when this happened. Do you want to go ahead and tell me what the owl does and then roll damage if that's appropriate? Yeah. So the owl will uh, attempt to claw at Oberon. Cool. D24 hit. That's a two, so that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I think the owl, like, swoops at Oberon as he is attacking Gideon, and, like, he's just too strong. Like, I think he just swats at it. Mm -hmm. Because at this point, you know, even if he thinks it's Gideon's owl, Gideon was stepping away from him. Gideon was basically telling him no, and he's not listening, so he doesn't care. He just, like, smacked that owl. I don't think it took damage, but I think he definitely hit it. Okay. (sighs) So... We are in the middle of Thalia's move. So I'm going to go ahead and finish it. Gideon, what is your reaction? What are you doing with your face? Did you say anything? You're going to come next. Like your move will be after Thalia's, but. Okay, so at this point, I've been dropped by Oberon and I'm in Thalia's arms. Mm -hmm. And I'm just bleeding profusely. Mm -hmm. And I had envisioned you with your hand over your throat, but you can tell me. That's that's what I was imagining too. As soon as as soon as Oberon dropped her, her hand went to her neck to try and put as much pressure on there as possible, and she's just glaring at Oberon with a little bit of fear but a lot of determination as she's just trying to stave off the bleeding. She doesn't say anything though. Cool. In the the sort of quick seconds between that, you know, Thalia is helping you steady yourself. And you are kind of able to stand on your own two feet. You're still doing really badly, but you're kind of able to stand. Not standing tall, but I am standing. <laughs> but you are awake, and that's something. <laughs> <laughs> For now. <laughs> Did we roll initiative, or is that coming? We're just going to keep the same order. Oh, okay. Because we're, we've been in the same fight for like three episodes. This is the third episode, so. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, so th- we're in the middle of Thalia's turn, and then you are next. Okay. So Thalia is standing next to you and I think helps you kind of steady yourself. And she looks furious. I mean, she, you guys fought her. She didn't look like this at all. She, by comparison, you realize actually was being very relaxed when she fought you guys. She looks furious. And Gideon, you can tell from being sort of right up against her, she is actually shaking. And she looks at him and he has sort of stumbled backwards. And he's standing, but he is holding his thigh because she has taken a huge bite out of him. And he is hurting. And you sort of steady yourself, Gideon, and I think she lets go of you, and you don't fall. And she steps forward and starts addressing him. And she says, Oberon, do you remember when you killed me, and you put me in the ground, and a day later I rose and I stood before you, a dead woman, mourning the loss of her own life. And you told me to smile because we would get to spend eternity together. Well, I have no interest in smiling, but I am more than happy to bare my teeth. And then Thalia launches herself at him. And as she does, she shifts again through a haze of black smoke and doubles in size again into that enormous hyena. Get it, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, no. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Oh, no. She rolled a two. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. This is a weird streak, guys. Yep. Oh, gosh. She slipped on a puddle of blood. (laughs) (laughs) She launched herself at him, and, like, he was just too fast. And that hyena with, like, black smoke kind of trailing behind it, she was trying to knock him over. She was going for his throat. And he just dodged out of the way, and she just runs through him. And uh, Gideon, it is you. Okay, so... Oh, hey. Oh, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) The very first thing you have to do is take 1d4 of damage. Oh, God. I was rolling a d4 earlier without even realizing I would need it. (laughs) Okay. Try to roll less than two. (laughs) <laughs> Jesus Uh-oh. Christ. It was a two. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Zero hit points exactly. You are disabled. You gain the staggering condition and can only take a single move or standard action, but not both. Okay, I have a question. Mm. Am I close to a wall? Uh, Yeah, the hallway is pretty narrow. Uh-huh. And, like, we had just kind of barely walked into that room, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're next to a wall. Um, I think on that wall there are, I don't have enough wine to know. I don't have any wine. I don't know what this is called. There's, like, a like a wine rack on that wall full of, like, dusty bottles. I, I think it's called a wine rack. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, baby. All right, so here's what happens. Okay, so Gideon was holding her neck with one arm, like, her right. Where did he bite me? What side of my neck? I don't know. Uh, victim's choice. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm going to assume he bit me on the left side of my neck. So Gideon has her right arm crossed over to hold pressure onto her left. 
and she kind of staggers backwards with her left hand pulling out her crossbow. Okay. And because she's kind of staggering and not stable, she stumbles and falls over with her back against the wall and with just enough energy raises the crossbow to fire at Oberon. That's okay. Now, that's a standard action and you're going to take one point of damage. Do you want to do that? Yes. Okay, so, okay. Unconsciousness, here we come. <laughs> All right, let's 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 go. At least I can do something. And I'm for sure going to be unconscious by next turn anyway, so I might as well go out with a bang. All right, great. <laughs> Shoot at him. Hang on. How do I do that? You roll a d20, <laughs> and you add your dex modifier. And I like this a lot. Do I still have that point of inspiration? Uh... Yes. What does it do? Inspiration means you roll twice and take the higher number. Yes. Okay. All right. So, okay. It's a good thing I used that inspiration point. Ah, okay. Um, plus my dex modifier, you said? Mm-hmm. Okay, so 18 plus 2, 20. Yes, you hit him. Okay, so yeah, she falls backwards, like slumped against the wall with her arm still holding onto her neck and just like her vision is blurring, but she raises the crossbow up in Oberon's general direction and just fires it. Hell yeah. Roll damage. A five plus three. So eight. Hell yeah. All right. Fuck yeah. And then she loses consciousness. (laughs) Where did you shoot him? I don't know. She couldn't see. <laughs> wasn't a called shot, so. Just for flavor, you know, just for the funsies. Uh, but I can pick for you. She probably just tried to aim at the biggest part of the blob that she figured was Oberon. <laughs> so I assume that's his torso. <laughs> One of the last things you see is you just see a blurry version of that crossbow bolt landing very solidly in the side of his chest. She sees that hit and she smiles and then passes out. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So she lost one one health point. So I'm at negative one. Negative one. So you are now unconscious. You don't make any death saving throws yet. Next round you will. So uh, while I'm unconscious, I still have to do the D4. You are still bleeding out even when you're unconscious, but when you're unconscious, you can't do anything about it. So while you are unconscious, you are still going to continue to take damage. So I'll still roll the D4. And then on top of that, I have to roll the saving throw. Yes, and to be perfectly clear, regardless of if it's because of the bleeding or because of the fact that you're unstable and you're dying, once you hit negative 10, you are dead and you are not coming back. Unless, I mean, you're not coming back alive anyway. (laughs) Yay. The bleeding can be stopped with a high heal check or with any kind of healing magic. A high heal check? Yeah, look down and see if you're wearing high heels. (laughs) I'm going to give you these really tall stilettos, and if you can walk across the room in them, then you have passed the high heel check, and magically Gideon stops bleeding. (laughs) Tanru, it is you. Okay. So he he hasn't seen this happen. He hasn't seen Gideon collapse. Nobody has. Although, like, did you make a sound when you got bit? Have Have you been silent? It, yeah, I would say when she got bit, it was such a shock to her 
that she probably opened her mouth to scream, but nothing came out. That's upsetting. Okay. Can the owl make a sound to say something's wrong? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> hoot hoot, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> this bitch fell back! <laughs> yeah, I think that that just makes sense. Yeah, so so if you want to have your owl, like, scream, I mean, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that, that screech, right, that you would hear from an owl that's haunting a space to alert uh, a potential predator on its nest that it's watching. It lets that out, and I would guess that it would echo around in the stone. And upon hearing that, Tonrir would immediately perk up where he was going to try to knock an arrow and just do a close-range shot on the thrall that's right in front of him. His immediate goal is to do acrobatics in any fashion, anything that he can to get to the stairs and get down there before, um, before anything else. So that being said... I guess the the attempt here is going to be acrobatics again with a uh, an attempt to just jump over that thrall that's in front of him. Okay, so you're going to Okay, now now all right. So <laughs> so you are let's say 50 feet away from Gideon and you're going to try to do some acrobatic stuff. I'm just trying to clear some of these thralls so that way I don't have to fight them. If you want to run along that wall and like springboard off of the other wall, there's an actual parkour term for that. So what is it? Tic-tac? Yes, a tic-tac. Like if you want to run along this wall and tic-tac off the other, you can make an acrobatics check to do that and bypass all the thralls. Yeah, you can do that uh, social media craze. What's my what's my check to clear? Is that a, f- what was it, a 15 to come down the curtain with the knife? This is quite a bit harder because the gravity was going with you. You're actively trying to do like a high level parkour uh, move over the heads of several angry vampires. Yeah. Do you guys think this would be hard or very hard? Oh, no. It's it's very hard because um, the categorization on this example I'm looking at for very hard is vault over or under an enemy or through their space. So the, the check is going to be 25. Oh, okay. That's great. So you heard me roll the dice earlier. That landed on a 16. My acrobatics is 11, so... I rolled a 27 for that. Yes. I love it. Okay. <laughs> Good. All right. Thanks for that. Once again, the snake pokes his head out of your hood. <laughs> and just like imagine like the scene zoomed in on the snake's face as you do this in slow-mo. <laughs> yeah. Just with that look of disappointment and just general... <laughs> General Blake. Maybe excitement. Maybe the snake is like really about roller coasters and you've been doing a great job providing that. <laughs> this entire acrobatics thing, I'll just try to do like a to myself. And then I'm going to run up. What I'm going to try to do is run up the wall with the curtain. I'm going to grab the curtain to help gain leverage over the thralls. So that way I can tic tac onto the wall. Oh my God. So you're going to run along the east wall holding onto the curtain and tic-tac off of the south wall. So you've just Mm -hmm. run over the heads of two thralls and you're... And the party members. And the party members. Yep. And then you tic-tac off that wall and land on the top stair. Yep. All while going... (laughs) (laughs) Uriah's like, this is totally normal. (laughs) This This is as expected. Okay. Great. You're at the top of the stairs. Everybody's like, whoa, 
Gideon's not like that because she's unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gideon's like, spurt, spurt. <laughs> because I was running, is that my entire turn or do I still have an action? I'm, mm, hey, I'm not supposed to let you do anything else, but I don't care. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm also not supposed to let you run when there's things in your way, but again, yeah. But who could deny <laughs> that amazing <laughs> theme music? It was a really good idea, and I'm excited about it. So I'm going to say, go ahead. Okay. Um, well, the goal being, of course, is that I'm trying to get to Gideon to cast uh, Cure Light Wounds just to stop the bleeding. You can do that. Well, it doesn't stabilize because that would bring you back to zero. I didn't even know you could cast that. I have Cure Light Wounds prepped as a level one spell. He has many talents. <laughs> oh, it's because you prepped it in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Where we all prep our most magical spell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so what you're doing is you're tic-tacking off this wall and you're kind of, you're going to try to get down the stairs to cast Cure Light Wounds on Gideon. Is that a touch spell? Yes, it is. Okay. Here is an idea because this is, this is not a thing you're supposed to be able to do, but I, I like it a lot and I want you to be able to do it. Okay. I feel like you may have to like chuck yourself down the stairs <laughs> to get to her. A tuck and roll. I will tuck and roll down those stairs so much. Theme song would turn in. Okay. You're doing this as quickly as possible. Kind of. I mean, you're, you're, you have a great acrobatic skill, but you're kind of throwing your own physical safety to the wind to get there in time yes. because you know that there's a problem. So I'm going to roll some damage for you. Okay. And then you can get there. Okay. Da, 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 da. Okay, take uh, take three damage. Okay, I'm down to 22 hit points. For just like chucking yourself against the wall and then, you know, throwing yourself down this staircase. And then you land at Gideon. Cool. Hello. <laughs> it's that slow-mo scene where you like roll up and she's unconscious and bleeding and it's very sad. And you think of all the moments you've shared, except they've mostly been her being a dick. <laughs> you still think of them. I really wish we could put that song with the slow-mo beach run right here. <laughs> you just you just look at her and you think, ah, oh, this is an asshole, but this is my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I probably wouldn't use that phrasing, but whatever. That's fine. <laughs> phrasing. Okay, cure light wounds before we go down this rabbit hole any further. We're done. No more. Where's my D8? This is my D8. Oh, shit. That's an eight. Okay, cool. <laughs> but that does no good anyway because it's only to two I hit can points. Only get, yeah. <laughs> but hey, you're back to full health. <laughs> And you're not bleeding. Okay, so I'm I'm conscious again? Y yes. It's just unfortunate because Gideon's hit points are, are super low. But yeah, I think that that heal brought her back up to two hit points. Two out of two. Hey. Hey. So um, when he does this, he immediately sees the wound on the neck and puts his hand right there and uh, says, uh, I'll go through him and casts the spell. What does it mean? It's beautiful. That's a great question. I just made it up. Uh, it means you're healed. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I like you making up words. I'm going to make a dictionary of ton rarisms. <laughs> cool. 
Any sort of healing cures a dying character of even one point of damage. They become stable and stop losing hit points. Nice. Hey. All right, Gideon, you're awake. And Tondra has his hand on your neck. With care. She, <laughs> she wakes up and she blinks and looks at Tondra and goes, Social distancing. <laughs> oh, get out! Get out! <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. She didn't do that. She just... <laughs> this is fine! Not like I made Cola storm out. <laughs> he left. I'm leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> Good luck dealing with the AFK archer. Jeez. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> she, um, so yeah, she wakes up and kind of blinks her eyes and looks at Tonrir and just says, "Ouch." <laughs> Good. Tonrir says nothing because <laughs> it's not his turn yet. <laughs> I think we're in your it turn. Wasn't my turn. Yeah, that was. I was just doing a freebie action. Yeah, we're just playing it fast and loose. Iria, you just saw Tonrir, like, run along a wall grasping the curtains and just, like, throw himself down the stairs to land next to Gideon and bring her back to a conscious state. Did I see all that? Can I see Gideon? You're a kitty cat. You can see in the dark, right? Yeah, I can. Yeah, you can see. You've just been standing at the top of the stairs going, wow. (laughs) Wow, yikes. (laughs) You guys were pretty busy with all the thralls, and you guys had actually just brought Wingatha out of her ensorcelled state. But you guys, I think from the top of the stairs, were all able to see what happened. So, Iria, it is you. <sighs> what, what's going on with the thralls? What are they doing? Well, and I'm so worried about this. There were three circling Tonrir, and he just kind of jumped over them. Oh, so now they're all eyes on us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry I yeeted myself away from mm-hmm. them to you. Totally. Totally cool. And there are 10 of them. That's a lot. What was that thing that we started the episode with about Iria not dying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Iria's at full health for now. <laughs> Iria's having a hard time trying to figure out if she should go help Gideon, although Conrad is there, so that's good, or if she should do something about these thralls, which is probably smart. That bottled sunlight sure would come in handy. Yeah, it's on Gideon. Remember when Tanner said, don't give everything to Gideon, mm. and then we did? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Gideon was like, I hear you, but it's strapped to my thigh now. Good luck coming to get it, fool. Yeah, and so how are we going to get it? <laughs> come to my window. general vicinity. You guys are all going to cram in this dark, dusty cellar? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, so I have a move action and a standard action, right? Mm-hmm. So I can I can do a standard action and then move away. Yeah. I don't think that they're quite in melee range yet. They're just closing in on you. So you can move away without taking a, uh, an attack of opportunity. Because I, I gave Tonru that same courtesy. So um, so Iria is kind of looking a little scared and like shaking a little bit, eyes wide, and then looks at Wingatha and says... Uh, you know, fighting is not my forte. Do you think, should we take care of this first or should we head down there? 
She, she says calmly in the face of ten vampires. <laughs> Do you think, my dear Wingatha, that we should ad- that we should adjourn to the wine cellar? <laughs> Post haste. <laughs> so all of this is happening at once. Wingatha has just broken free of Oberon's mind control, and she's very angry. And near simultaneously, Gideon had gotten bitten. And then Tonrir has just thrown himself over our heads down the stairs. So in this moment, Wingatha's going to turn to Iria when she speaks and grip her greatsword really tight and say, you should get to safety. I'm going down there and I'm going to kill that bastard. Bam. Okay, well, Iria is, uh, her eyes are still wide and she's looking back and forth, uh, thinking like, there is no safe place, where the hell is she going to go? But, okay, so Wingatha is going down there, obviously, to kill him, and Iria is going to stay up here and cast Court of Shards. The area of effect is going to be where all the thralls are. Okay. Where is Wingatha in relation to me? I'm between you and the stairs, so I'm behind you. Okay. Nyx is next to you. Okay. So that area where Nyx isn't and everywhere else. Okay, great. That's a one and a three for four. Five because of my performance. Let's see. Okay, so I'm going to say all ten of them take five damage. You uh, hit this chord on your drum. I assume in the middle of your Inspire Courage performance and mm-hmm. magical shards like shoot out of your drum, I think is what we said before, right? Yes. Okay. And then hit these thralls and then disappear. And you see them all kind of like staggered for a second because they, that's like, that's like a pretty good amount of damage they just took. I'm probably going to back up a little bit. Okay. Just tell me where you go. About 20 feet down the stairs, you see Tonrir and Gideon. And then at the top of the stairs is obviously Nyx and Wingatha and... Uh, beyond them, the 10 thralls, so. Okay, I'll go to the foot of the stairs. So, like, all the way down the stairs, but not in the room. That way, um, Tonrir can still hear my performance, and hopefully Wingatha and Nyx can as well. You'll be right up against Gideon and Tonrir. They're at the very foot of the stairs. Then I will be one step above them. Okay. <laughs> Are you the one that's doing that? Definitely. Great. Wingatha, it is you. Okay, well, Wingatha, true to her word, is gonna charge down those stairs. All right, you do that. Is she able to see Oberon in the darkness? It's pretty dark down there, but I think you can make out his outline because there's light coming in from upstairs. There's dust moving through the air and there's light coming down. You can see the dust in the light, which is pretty cool. And then you can see Gideon on the floor and Tonrir next to her. And then Iria at the stairs right next to them. And then beyond that, just a little ways, maybe 10 feet, not close enough to reach out and strike them. I'll just push outside of melee range. You can see Oberon. And then beyond him, you can see a big hyena. Okay. Let me just double check what my range, my movement range is here. It's 30, but I'm going to say you can, you can get to him. By the way, in the darkness, his eyes are glowing and they're red. And the hyena's eyes are also glowing. Okay. She'll probably see that and head towards it. She's going to basically charge down the stairs, uh, greatsword drawn and wielded in both hands. And she's going to 
go past Iria at the bottom of the stairs and pretty much jump over Tonrir and Gideon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then she's going to rush at Oberon and attack him with her sword. I'm scared to do this, but if you're going to jump over them, I'm going to need a check. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. And I'm scared <laughs> you're going to fall on us. <laughs> it's a very easy check. Just don't do terrible. Okay. Oh, yeah. Just don't do terrible. <laughs> Have you met Wingatha's roles? <laughs> yeah. Wingatha is not good at acrobatics. Oh, my God. You have a negative six to acrobatics. No <laughs> no flippies to you. Oh. <laughs> Could it just be a dexterity check? Mm, but you see, the thing is the reason you have a negative six to acrobatics. Because I'm bad at dexterity. It's because you're holding a bunch of weapons. Hey. <laughs> hey. Is there, is there room to walk past us? <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying that for flavor. I mean. I mean, it's pretty cool. Okay. Just go go ahead and make me a check, and it, it'll it be easy. Just don't do really bad. Uh. <laughs> Why not just, like, a pure strength launch? <laughs> Is that how strength works? You can just kind of launch yourself? Just muscle pure brute over strength it. launch. It's your, the, the feet muscles, they just throw you. <laughs> like a cannon. Okay, just make a flavor check. This is for flavor. You know, you, okay. can, you could walk by them or whatever. Just give me a flavor check, and we'll see how... Okay. Oh my god. What did you I, roll? Uh, I rolled a nat 20. What? Oh, nice. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a one. Yes. No, okay. but you see, that's the only nat 20 I'm going to get for 100 years. <laughs> and I used it on a flavor check. <laughs> oh, the wing of the curse. <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is your GM, Dre Silvertooth, and welcome to episode 18 of Bad Heroes, part 14 of the Forgotten Court arc. This episode is late, like really late, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I am at home with a flu that Leanne is valiantly trying not to catch from me since like the 14th, and several of my players are working wacky hours as their jobs kick into overdrive during these strange times. That being said, we hope to have the next episode out to you by April 15th. You have probably noticed that that means we've skipped an episode, and you are absolutely right. And I hope that you'll forgive us and take this extra long, extra eventful episode as tribute. We are doing our best, and we thank you for your patience. Now, on to the good news. We have a new patron. Hey, Julie. Thank you so much for supporting us. It really means the world. Julie, you have also given me a great reason to catch up on all those GM notes that I've been forgetting to publish <laughs> on Patreon, which will be available at the $2 level. And uh, if anybody wants to join Julie and our other patrons in the deepest circle of my heart, we can be found at patreon.com slash badheroes. If you are into social media, we can also be found on Twitter, Facebook, and now even on Instagram at badheroescast. Our website is badheroescast.com. We used a whole lot of music in this episode, so let me go down the list. We want to give credit where it's due and thank Ashintosh, Niloy, and Indy 
at looperman.com for the good, good loops. And we want to thank Kai Engel for use of the songs Chance, Sentinel, and Realness. Kai Engel, we are going to have to collectively buy all of your albums because the emotional resonance in your work is off the charts and we absolutely love using it in Bad Heroes. Thank you for kindly making so much of your music available for people to use in their creative works. That is really selfless of you. Kai Engel's other work can be found and purchased at kaiengel.bandcamp.com. That's spelled K-A-I-E-N-G-E-L, Kai Engel. Our theme, as always, is another great tune, Solve the Damn Mystery by Jesse Spillane. So just a heads up, this episode ends on kind of a bleak note. And normally I wouldn't give you a spoiler like that, but I know that the real world is pretty bleak right now. And it is possible that you're feeling pretty terrible and you came here to have a good time. So I just want to tell you, it's going to be okay. Trust me. Hang tight. Stay inside in your real life. And we will have the next episode out to you just as soon as we can. Hopefully it'll be full of laughs, bad roles, and even worse heroes. And with any luck, that will come out on April 15th. Stay safe, guys. We'll see you then. this how about you you launch yourself off of that stair right above gideon and tonrir and you see your fallen comrades and you're throwing yourself at oberon right yeah do you would you like to bowl him over (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay i think you just you launch yourself at him and he does not expect this at all and you just you just like like a sea of weapons and armor you just throw yourself at him like a <laughs> cannonball and just flatten him on the ground <laughs> and there you are you did it <laughs> yay. yay well do you want to be that close to him yeah okay great yeah oh oh listen it's personal so yeah <laughs> into it okay you still have a standard action that was your we'll call it your move and flavor Came in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah. Um, well, <laughs> what do you even do after that? <laughs> I didn't have a plan beyond what I just did. I don't know what to do. <laughs> this is literally true. Okay. Um, well, she's g- <laughs> she. <laughs> She's gonna jump off the bottom stair and tuck into a cannonball, launching herself at Oberon. (laughs) And at the last second, she kicks him hard in the chest. And after she lands on the floor, she scrambles to her feet. Well, like, not entirely to her feet. She's just gonna, like, kind of scramble into, like, a a crouch fighting stance. Okay. And just slash at him with her sword. Okay. I hate to see you miss this. The dice roll is 18. I'm just trying to calculate. Strength. You'd add strength. Plus one because of the performance. Okay. So that'll be a 21. You hit. Minus one because of the negative level. You hit. You still hit. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So you hit him. The fury is real. Everybody's angry. Very yeah. angry. 
That's a six. Plus a four, that's ten. Hell yeah. Wingatha also gets a plus one on the damage roll? Yeah. Nice. Then it'll just be eleven damage, huh? Yep. Okay. You and Gideon together have taken a pretty big chunk out of this guy. When I knocked him over, did he land? How did he land? On his back. Flat on his back. Okay. If you had time to kind of get up, maybe he did a little bit too, so you're not, you know, being a, a, a super ass and just attacking a person who's <laughs> laying flat on their back. Okay. You guys are, are both in a crouch position. Okay. Yeah. So she lifts her sword up and brings it down with an overhand swing, aiming right at his torso. Nice. Okay. You take a big old cut out of the middle of his torso, and Gideon's crossbow bolt is in the side of his chest, and that is that is bleeding, and you take a big slice, and that slice in the middle of his chest just kind of opens up, and you can tell it was a deep, deep cut, and he is bleeding, and it is not his blood. It is Gideon's blood. <sighs> Give it back. You can keep it. It's all achy now. You can keep it. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> Nick stands alone in the ballroom with 10 thralls. <laughs> you got this. He's just like, uh, guys. I'm sorry, Nick. And just sort of looks around slowly. <laughs> Sighs. Can he still hear my performance? He can, and it's great. Okay, good. And he sort of is like, I see how it is. <laughs> I'm just waiting for him to just be like, they're dead. <laughs> That's what I'm anticipating he's going to do. So he takes a shot. He has his crossbow ready and loaded, and he has a heart stake bolt ready. He takes a shot at the thralls that are really close now, and they're so close that I can't imagine him missing, and boy, he does not. They're so close that he is able to hit two thralls with two different bolts by loading them really quickly. This is his thing. This is what he does. He is very good at it. So he is able to hit two of them, Right where it hurts, he's able to hit two of them right in the heart and they fall over and lay motionless. Just like that vampire that you guys got upstairs, they are not able to move. I think he starts backing slowly down the stairwell, his crossbow facing the remaining eight thralls. And uh, Nyx glances at Gideon, calls down the stairs. Is she all right? No. <laughs> 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 All right, it's Oberon. That bitch. <laughs> He's sort of in a crouch position. You have just sliced down his middle, and it is a huge wound. And he looks at you and says, You've made a big mistake. And he springs off the balls of his feet at you, and he slams into you. <laughs> And as he slams into you, his claws slice down. And let's see, where is Wingatha's armor? It's a full suit of armor. All over. Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. I think he slices at your face. Okay. It hurts a lot. So you take five damage from the scratch. Okay. Along like your jaw and neck. And it'll be like those four nails drag along your jaw and your neck. And they kind of open you up there. But what you do feel as he strikes you, you feel that same thing you felt, Wingatha, with the very first thrall, where you felt a little bit of your life leaving you. And you're going to take another negative level. Okay. 
Okay, so you're going to take another minus one penalty on all ability checks, attack rolls, combat maneuvers, yada, yada. You have a minus two to basically everything now. Okay, got it. And your max and your current go down five. So your max is now 21. Your current is... 16. Yep. Okay. Okay, yep. So he took a big old slash at your face and your throat. And he is standing on his feet now. And he looks between Gideon and the hyena. And he, <laughs> Gideon, he looks at you. Do you do anything or say anything? Do you flip him off casually? <laughs> uh, she grows her claws. <laughs> just instinctively, she just grows them. It's like the minimal threat that she can do. <laughs> <laughs> it's the draconic sorcerer middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> He looks at you and he looks at Thalia and he says, you're with her. Gideon's claws had grown out and she just looks straight back at him and says, I'm not with her, but I sure as hell am against you. Yeah. Bam. Bam. Boom, baby. He looks disgusted for a minute. Really, really disgusted. And he, you haven't seen him look upset, really, before this. His entire face is changing into something horrible. He was handsome, and now he is ugly. And his face, his literal face is changing, not just his expression. His nose is getting, like, flat, and his face is getting big, and his ears are getting strange, and... This smoke is starting to whirl around him. And it is a matter of moments before he is replaced by an impossibly large and hideous bat. And that bat takes off up the stairs. He's Batman. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So, Oberon is flying up the stairs. The thralls are still moving zombie-like towards you guys. The thralls on the top of the stairs start attacking Nyx and tugging at Nyx. And he's he's doing a really good job fending them off, but not perfectly. And you can see them actually like clawing and like damaging him, clawing at his body and at his armor. And it's not affecting him the way that it would affect you. Wingatha, for example, when they hurt you or they they touch you, they drain your life force. It's not happening to him. So it's not as effective, but you can tell he's getting hurt. So Oberon went up the stairs. And he is this enormous bat that is actually surrounded by smoke. It's also black smoke, but as the hyena that is Thalia launches herself over you guys and up the stairs, you can kind of see the difference between their different smokes. Hers has almost like an opalescence to it, and his does not. His is, his is true black. And as these two smoke-wreathed animals chase each other up the stairs, Thalia and Oberon head into the ballroom and start fighting. And they are they are fighting hard. They are fighting so fast and so furiously that you guys see bits of animal and also bits of smoke. And you can tell that they are both doing an intense amount of damage to one another. Are those three vampires still in the back eating popcorn? <laughs> oh shit! Oh, oh no! <laughs> Thank you for reminding me they exist. Talia and Oberon go up and start fighting. And the Nosferatu says, 
Ah, I see this is a lover's quarrel. I don't think we need to be here for this, do you? And then the small vampire says, hmm, this is not our concern. And she turns into smoke. And he turns into smoke. And the hopping vampire does not turn into smoke, but hops really quickly, which is perhaps worse. (laughs) (laughs) And unless anybody moves to stop them, they actually head back out into the foyer, which is where you guys were, and then to the right, which was that room you guys didn't go in, but you intuited was an entryway. Does anybody stop them as they go? Fuck no. So they're just going to leave you to it. This is not their fight. They go that way towards the entryway, which you guys can intuit means there's probably an exit over there. Goodbye. (laughs) 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 So I'm actually going to... Thalia and Oberon are occupied. They are busy with each other. The longer, you know, you sort of let them at it, the more damage they do to each other. But you guys have kind of a little break from initiative, like several rounds almost where we don't have to interact with them. And Nyx is doing a pretty good job holding off the thralls because it is a pinch point. So if you guys want to head up the stairs, we can do that without everybody taking a whole turn to do it. Uh, the cellar, it's the only, in- there's the only with the one entrance, right? There is no other exit. Yeah. Okay. And it's just the wine rack that's in there or wine racks. Several wine racks covering the different walls. There's Bottles that are sealed that you assume are wine. There's some smashed bottles, so there's a lot of glass. And there's also like newly corked bottles of blood with labels. And there's probably like some basic tools that you would see. I mean, I bet there's like knives and corkscrews and stuff like that. Um, but there's there's not anything super of note down there. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll just proceed up the stairs. I am contemplating when I'm going to uh, use my wood shape or stone shape. So that's what I'm keeping in mind. Mm, okay. Up the stairs I go. Wingatha. So did Oberon like claw her and like shove her up against a wall basically? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And you, you don't, you don't have a bleed status. You're not taking more damage, but you did take a hit. Okay. So Wingatha, when her back hits the wall, she hisses with pain as Oberon claws at her face and then flees. And once he's gone, she's going to take a second to catch her breath and then push herself off of the wall. And when she sees Gideon on the floor, there's a moment when she's trying to decide between chasing after Oberon and stopping to help Gideon. And she's like, and moves to head towards Gideon and looks down at her. And she is Gideon on the ground. I don't think I ever got up. She extends a hand to Gideon to help her up. Okay, Gideon takes it. Gideon looks like shit. Gideon looks Gideon <laughs> looks terrible. Gideon looks like a hot pile of shit with claws. <laughs> Wingatha's going to say, can you walk? Maybe. She's going to say, well, we got to get out of here. And starts helping Gideon up the stairs. Yuri, are you coming along? Oh, yeah, definitely. Heading straight for Nyx, yeah. I'm basically hanging off of Wingatha, so. Like a sad barnacle. (laughs) (laughs) So we're all at the top of the stairs. So you're all at the top of the stairs, and you guys are watching what you guys know is a 
a dire bat, basically. Tanrir, at least you know, you recognize this other form as a dire bat. And you recognize Thalia's other form as a dire hyena. And you see these enormous animals that are sort of shifting in between smoke and animal and sometimes human. And they're just tearing each other apart. Are the thralls, sorry, are the thralls still there? They are. And are they just like doing nothing because Oberon is occupied? So I think when you come to the top of the stairs, Nyx is in the middle of like kind of trying to hold them off at that bottleneck. And he's doing a pretty good job because most of what they can do doesn't really affect him very much. So he has immobilized two of them and they're like flat on the floor, basically with heart stake bolts inside them. And as you guys head up the stairs, he manages to manually stake one more and that vampire falls to the ground. And as you guys remember, this is not like Buffy or anything like that. Them being staked doesn't mean they're dead. It's basically like pushing pause on their life. So they're all in basically what would be like negative one, like they're unconscious right now. And there are still seven vampires sort of crowding around and sort of sort of almost like zombie-like coming at you guys. And that is that is where you find yourselves. And I guess we'll go ahead and jump back in the order with uh, Gideon. Gideon vomits blood. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't lose any more of that. Put that back. So Gideon's draped onto Wingatha just pitifully and she kind of like gives a small a uh, small tap with one of her claws on Wingatha's armor to get her attention. Wingatha looks over at Gideon. And then she like very feebly points <laughs> to her to her thigh. <laughs> <laughs> where, where the bottled sunlight is trapped. Now, and Gideon, you're a full elf, so you're you're slender and tall. So when you're like draped over Wingatha, like you really are like yes. draped over Wingatha. Like you are a tall, tall sapling to sort of <laughs> now, I feel like you don't even have to bend to wrap your arm around Wingatha and lean on her. So as Gideon points at her thigh, <laughs> yeah, it's right there. <laughs> Now, is it, is it? <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my tea and I'm going to sit back and I'm going to let you guys work this out without interference. And I'm just going to listen and drink tea. <laughs> is the bottled sunlight under any layers? Because <laughs> the armor was made to look like my dress, right? I had made a point to to make sure that that bottle was excluded. I think I actually called that out specifically in that episode. Okay. You have you have ice over your sort of dress, but beneath the dress you have kind of like ice pants. And like, <laughs> so I envisioned it being strapped beneath your dress, but like to like your thigh over your ice pants, if that makes any sense. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So Wingatha has to... <laughs> Wingatha, <laughs> so Wingatha needs to like lift Gideon's dress to get us, is what I'm asking. You're also holding me up though, so if you need to recruit any assistance. If you want to just flip her over. <laughs> well, wait. Well, I. I, I <laughs> this is what it's like when worlds collide. <laughs> this is what it's like. All right, well, so I imagine that Wingatha was kind of supporting Gideon with one arm as Gideon is sort of leaning over her. 
she's going to shift her greatsword over to her left hand. Uh, so she's supporting Gideon on her left side. Uh, and she's going she's gonna to use her free hand to kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> Jake, we're sorry. <laughs> he's probably listening and he's like not like this <laughs> I'm imagining that they're both like giggling in game too because it's very awkward in game <laughs> we have those like grit in her teeth <laughs> Gideon is kind of fa- fading in and out of consciousness like <laughs> oh no So just as, like, quickly as possible, she's going to reach under Gideon's dress and find where the sunlight bottle is strapped and try to remove it. It's real cold in there. (laughs) (laughs) Do I need to do a check for anything or do I just do it? (laughs) I would like a feel-up check. Uh, No, give give me a dexterity check, please. All right. If you roll a one, I can't tell you what will happen. <laughs> Are you just trying to, like, rip the strap off? Yeah, is it, like, is it buckled in there, or, or is it tied? It's just tied loosely on there, I would say. Okay. So I rolled a five. <laughs> Minus two. <laughs> oh, no. It takes you longer than you would like. <laughs> As you're sitting there tugging at it, you glance up for just a second to see Tonrir blankly staring toward both of you. Because he was knocking another arrow, and as he was starting to draw it back, his peripheral vision caught sight of what was going on. And he turned his head in full. And his owl lands on his shoulder and also looks at you with that same blank stare. The owl's head tilts like 90 degrees. <laughs> Iria changes the music. The music changes up a little bit to be like, let's get it on. (laughs) Frank Sinatra. Oh, no. Nick's just like turns and he's like, ladies, this isn't the time. (laughs) (laughs) Wingatha is going to pull out the bottles of sunlight and just like hold it up at all of you with this expression on her face like, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I told you not to give everything to her. <laughs> and he turns back around. <laughs> Gideon's turn? Okay, that was Gideon's turn. She kind of passed off the, the bottled sunlight. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, Tanya, it is you. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, any thralls left? Seven. Seven thralls. Okay, time to get to work. All right, we're going to knock an arrow, and we're going to shoot the closest one. And... That will definitely use your point blank shot. Yes, it will. <laughs> That's going to be 13 plus, so 16. Yep, great. To hit. Okay, and then this is 1d8 damage uh, plus 2, 5 damage. And then I'll swing the owl in there as well. Okay, great. Does it fall over? Does it die? Yeah, I think that between the damage that Iria dealt to that thrall and the damage that you dealt to that thrall, that thrall has now fallen down and is incapacitated. Okay. Uh, the owl's going to go after the next one that's nearest. Okay. So that's going to be 11. Yeah. And that will be a claw strike. 
Where's my, oh, there's my D6. Six damage. Plus one. Hell yeah. That owl just like goes after that thrall. After Iria's hit, they're pretty weakened. They're also not wearing any armor. <laughs> they're wearing finery. And I think that owl's hit just like knocks that thrall down. So you have incapacitated two thralls and Nyx has incapacitated three. Your two have fallen to the ground and they don't look like they're going to get up. Okay. I won't move any further just so I stay within the group. Okie dokie. Iria? Okay, so there's five on the ground. Five still moving around. And Wingatha is near me? Mm-hmm. You came up the stairs with us, so I assume we're all together. Yeah. I imagine you guys making like a cool, you're all kind of like shoulder to shoulder, like creating, you know, kind of a solid wall. Like nobody's back is exposed. You guys are all facing them together. Like Avengers style. Nice. Hell yeah. There's cool music playing, and you're playing the cool music. And one of the <laughs> Avengers is kind of dead. <laughs> Wingatha, what is your health at? It's at 16 out of 21. Tonner is at a 22 out of 29. Gideon's at two. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do anything with that. (laughs) If you hold up two peace signs, you have what she has and you have what she can have. (laughs) And her only hope is peace. (laughs) Iria is going to continue her beautiful performance and then cast Cure Light Wounds on Wingatha. And she's going to lay her hand on what what part of your body is available. Face. (laughs) For laying of hands. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so just full palm in the face. <laughs> now you should specify on the face or in the face because her face is like <laughs> cut open right now, and I don't think you mean like in the Ow. face. Okay, it's like covering the wound. You put your hand gingerly on the side of Wingatha's face and throat that has those four gashes, um, and you cast your healing magics. Yes. So that's ooh seven plus three because it's one point per caster level. So uh, ten. Damn. Okay. She can only take five, but boop, 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 21 out of 21. Works for me. Wingatha looks over at Iria and smiles a little and says, thanks, kitty hat. <laughs> and Iria says, you have been healed. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> from after this, I think we should all start saying what we're doing. You have been attacked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Wingatha, those, those wounds on your cheek, they just, they kind of... They kind of close up and it still hurts for sure. But um, it mostly what hurts now is that weakness that you feel for your negative levels. All right. And Iria, do you switch back to playing Inspire Courage? Uh-huh. Okay. Which I think was actually like when I first started it, it was a like spoken word. So it still is that. Oh, okay. <laughs> when I did Court of Shards, I just pulled up my drum and like hit a chord and then threw it back and... Kept slanging words. Are you are you poetrying? Yes. I don't suppose you would um, poetry at us. Look at these thralls. Let's kill them all. Wingatha, use your confidence. This fight is getting really ominous. <laughs> I like it. I actually smiled a lot. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that was great. Aw. I feel like stringing together any amount of words in a panic situation like that to keep the spell going is going to be like, hey... Fuck you. And hey, also, 
gonna duck you and ah like it's just a series of panicked words and i think that you're doing amazing (laughs) Mm -hmm. you're doing great we're all impressed yay thank you speaking of people who are impressed nix is very impressed (laughs) and he smiles at you like a like a really really affectionate smile area blushes let's get it on He gives you a really warm smile, and then he looks around and he says, um, you know, sort of like gesturing to the thralls, now I think you've got this. And he actually dives between the legs of one of the thralls. Oh, shit. And uh, Oberon and Thalia are kind of locked between forms, fighting one another. So excited for this to happen. <laughs> hmm. The furious fighting between Oberon and Thalia has kind of started slowing down because they both look terrible. Between the damage that you dealt to him and the damage that he dealt to Thalia and she dealt to him, like they both look awful. They both do not look like what they looked like before. And I think that they were they were sort of chasing each other around this ballroom in animal form. And I think now they are both too tired to hold their animal form. And they stand on the ground facing one another, panting. And in this moment, Nyx dives between the legs of one of the thralls and launches himself at Oberon. Now Iria is impressed. (laughs) Impressive. Most impressive. (laughs) So he didn't roll very well. For what is he rolling for? Because he can still hear my thing. So, plus one. I don't know if that helps. It does help. It doesn't help enough. Mm, Let me think how this plays out. I think he dives through the thrall's legs, and as he's sliding along the flagstone floor of the ballroom, he fires his crossbow at Lord Oberon. And Oberon catches the crossbow bolt and turns his eyes on Nyx. You... I thought I left you to rot in that dungeon. And um, Nyx is sort of in the process of getting to his feet. And he's trying to load another crossbow bolt as quickly as he can. And while he's doing that, he's also talking. Wingathot, hmm. you ha- your action is between Nyx and Oberon. And I, I want them to have an interaction. But I'm trying to figure out where to slide your, your turn in that. Could it be happening simultaneously? Because while they're distracted. Yeah, so why don't we have you go and then we'll kind of come back to their interaction. Okay. So Wingatha is going to bite down on the cork of that bottled sunlight <laughs> and pop it open. Uh-oh. And as that happens, just this sort of, this beam of light. Oh, wait. Hmm? What's the sound of the sun rising? everybody's about to find out (laughs) this beam of light just emerges from inside this bottle (laughs) Dre what happens with the thralls when they when it kind of hits them you're aiming it at the thralls yeah at the thralls surrounding us okay they get to roll a saving throw oh they did bad okay so you point this bottled sunlight at the area surrounding you and this bright light appears 
almost like a small sun. And it's almost hard to look in that place. But however hard it is for you to look in that place, it is infinitely harder for the thralls. And those five thralls fall back hissing. Oh, I just I just Googled vampires on sunlight. No, I mean in this game. <laughs> it immediately gave me Spike. Oh, there's Will. <laughs> Damn it. Wing at that, go ahead and roll. Go ahead and roll a D20. Okay. Three. Mm, okay. <laughs> so with a three, none of them explode or anything like that. But they all, they fall back immediately. And they actually like scramble pretty far away. So your guys' view and path is clear. Okay. Immediately as the path clears, Wingatha is going to half drag Gideon towards the entrance to the ballroom where those swinging double doors were. Mm-hmm. But not outside of it, just like in front of the doors. Um, and she's going to motion for Iria to follow. Iria follows. <laughs> <laughs> Can I still say something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So she's going to say to Iria, I want you to wait here and keep the elf safe. And passes, tries to pass Gideon off to Iria. But I imagine this is kind of hilarious because Iria is even shorter. (laughs) Iria is tiny. (laughs) Iria is kind of just like, oh, oh, okay. And, um, Takes Gideon. And upon being passed over to Iria, just in the change in tactile experience, (laughs) Gideon just kind of very faintly goes, oh, soft. (laughs) (laughs) I want to point out the height difference between Gideon and Iria is almost two feet. (laughs) Yeah, I'm four feet, five inches, 105 pounds. Gideon is 6'3 and 185 pounds. Oh my god. <laughs> Iria, roll a strength save. <laughs> Iria tries to give a salute to Wingatha, but it's just like she tries to do it, but then she has to like catch Gideon as she falls. <laughs> okay, I'm doing a strength check. Just for flavor, really. So, uh, three. <laughs> okay, you are struggling under the weight of the Gideon. <laughs> the Gideon. The Gideon. But you don't like drop her on her noggin or anything. Okay. <laughs> and deal two damage the killing blow. <laughs> <laughs> and then a big sigh from Tondrier. <laughs> and the last thing Wingatha's going to do in the time that she has left is basically turn to face the ballroom and, and put her body between uh, the fight and Iria and Gideon protectively. Mm-hmm. A good fighter. Okay. Oh, Iria is still like doing this uh, spoken word while she's trying to hold up Gideon, but it's starting to get like sound really strained and she's starting to like not be able to think of words. (laughs) She's in the middle of like some sick, you know, burns and she's like, Gideon, you're on my foot. Gideon, that's that's my ear. Don't hold onto my ear with your whole body weight. Oh my God, my ear. is all sort of happening together because that's that's how rounds work really everything is happening more or less simultaneously and nix is sliding along the flagstone floor and he had just fired a crossbow bolt at oberon and oberon caught it and now oberon and all of his rage is turned towards nix no 
And Nix gets to his feet. And he pulls out a steak. And he says, I cannot wait to be free of you, Oberon. I cannot wait for the world to be free of you. You are a monster. And what you have done to all these people, it is unforgivable. And very quickly, Oberon launches himself forward and lifts Nyx up with his hand around his throat. And you can tell he's squeezing. And he says, Ah, but you've done things that are unforgivable too, haven't you, Nyx? You haven't always been a saint. Your incredible hate of our kind, your incredible hate of the undead part of yourself, it's sick. And you think I'm a monster? The favors I owe you for my freedom have just about run out, cat. And as he's doing that, he starts squeezing harder. And he says, You can't imagine what it is to die. Wimaroy, do not forget. But you will know soon enough. Uh, Kaz just pinged me saying Gideon kind of didn't do anything on her turn, so she's going to slide in now. Mm. Does Nyx make any kind of sound? Yeah, he's choking. He's making like choking sounds and he's trying to claw at his throat. Like trying to claw that hand from around his throat. Okay, so Gideon kind of briefly muscles up enough energy to look up and see what's happening to Nyx. And the one hand that's not leaning on Iria or wrapped around Iria is going to lift up and she's going to say something almost... Almost inaudible, but she's just going to whisper, Miko, and point at Oberon and Nyx and cast Flare in front of Oberon. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, It creates a burst of light. If causing the light to burst in front of a single creature, that creature is dazzled for one minute. Okay. Uh, You do get a fortitude save, though. 13? I don't remember how to calculate. (laughs) <laughs> what you're rolling against. It's usually against the um, <clears throat> primary spellcasters. Uh, Maybe 10 plus charisma? Charisma's is a sorcerer's casting, yeah. Yeah, so it's against that. So it'd be 14. So you didn't make it. Okay, he didn't make it. So he's dazed for a minute? Dazzled. So um, creature... <laughs> Creature is unable to see well because of overstimulation of the eyes, and a dazzled creature takes a minus one penalty on attack rolls and sight-based perception checks. So I would imagine that it would flash in front of his eyes, and he would kind of close his eyes like, ah! Awesome. Okay, so you do that. You cast that spell right in front of his face. And then Gideon proceeds to collapse back onto Iria. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) When you do that, he drops Nyx to the floor. And unfortunately... Nyx moves a little, but he doesn't get up. Mm. And Oberon steps back, holding his eyes, and makes just a furious sound. He shifted back from that form to human form to do this? Mm-hmm. Okay. Next in the order is Thalia. She's going to launch herself at him. And I'm going to just do a straight up and down, like, D20 versus D20 to see how they do instead of getting lost in the weeds with all the different things they can do because they're almost evenly matched. Oberon got a 14 minus one, I'd say. So 13. She got a five. No. Yeah. So she launches herself at him and it's 
as tired as she is, as wrecked as she is, and her her beautiful opal dress is torn. She launches herself at him, and as she does, the smoke around her kind of forms this really cool giant hyena shape around her human body as she launches herself at him with its teeth open. And as that shape closes in on him, I think he turns around and he hits her really, really hard. And Thalia also goes flying to the ground and she does not get up. This is not looking good. So, Tonmer, it is you. Okay. Um, first move from Tonrir is going to be attempting to cast Fury of the Sun. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'll tell you guys what this does. You curse the target to suffer unbearable heat. On a failed saving throw, the target is immediately subjected to severe heat, takes 1d4 points of non-lethal damage, and is suffering from heat stroke, which is fatigued. Oh my god. The target must save every 10 minutes as normal for severe heat, starting at DC 15, rather than the DC of the spell. Because this heat is internal, the target cannot avoid it using the normal methods for escaping heat dangers, such as survival checks or finding shade. Damn, okay. All right, here goes the cast. Here goes nothing. Oh, Garrett! Garrett! Ha ha ha, it's a 20, bitches! Oh my ah! god! Ah! Yes! Holy shit! <laughs> oh, okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Fuck. <laughs> Flavor, please. My god. Tonrir's hearing all of this. And at that moment, all of the unnaturalness of the undeath and the betrayal and the pitiful moves of using people as pawns to further a greater good just inspires this fury from deep within him. And he slings his bow, puts the arrow back in the quiver, lifts up both of his hands upward toward him and says, Anor fury not chimbo doi! and casts it and burns from the inside with it. Give me damage. Well, it's 1d4 damage, right? I gotta do that. Roll that four times. Uh, okay, there's a four. It's not gonna get better than that. No, no, I mean like, roll it four times and count all four. <laughs> so that's three. 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 <laughs> okay, so 13. And then he rolls a fortitude save, and I'm not kidding, guys. He rolled a one. Oh, nice! Fuck yes! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you you cast this spell on him, born of your hate of the unnatural and your distaste at what you have seen him do to the other creatures in this castle, including now Gideon. And when this heat hits him, it is more powerful than you know this spell to be, both because it is hurting him and because it came from such a profound place of rage. And when this hits him, it hits him really hard. And he has taken some hits, but he has never stumbled. And when you hit him with this spell, he does. He stumbles and he almost falls. And it seems for a second like he can't 
stand anymore. Like he might fall to the floor. And then something really strange happens. There are five thralls that are conscious and five that are down. And Oberon starts levitating off of the floor. And as he does, he tilts his head back and his eyes begin to glow. And he says, you think you can come into my castle and hunt me? This is my world. You are in my kingdom now. And every one of you will pay. And as he says that, those five thralls, those five people, all wake up. Because he has dropped his control over them. They are not his anymore. Not them and not the five that are down and not the woman that's in the closet upstairs. <laughs> you can see it happen because their expressions, they completely change and they look frightened. And as he rises up in the air and as he releases his control over them, he says, life's not fair because I am dead, trapped in this castle to rot with no regard for my beauty or my wit. Life doesn't care how worthy I am. And you, well, life must not care much for you either. Because if I don't get to see the light of day again, well, then neither do any of you. And as he does that, he throws out his hands and casts a spell. And suddenly, the lavish ballroom around all of you vanishes. And every one of you is alone. Gideon, you are in your family library, surrounded by beautifully bound books. A gorgeous text is open in your lap, and wind and snow beat against the stone walls outside, and all is familiar. The calligraphy beneath your fingertips is intricate and it's lovely. But somehow, you can't read it. You speak three languages and you recognize even more. But these words, they mean nothing to you. You throw it down and you try another book and another and another and you just keep pulling dozens of texts from the shelves. But it's all the same. You are surrounded by knowledge and you can't understand any of it. And suddenly, the world, your world, feels very, very empty. Tonrir, you are in the forest at night, watching the stars shine down on your home. You watch candlelight and spells twinkle in the distance, lighting up your druidic village. It is built among the trees, and it is familiar and it is dear. Every person, every animal, every tree, you know them all. You know this forest because you've mapped it with your footsteps and you've mapped it with your heart. It contains everything you've ever loved. And right now, it is on fire and it is burning. Iria, you are on a stage. You are playing your drum for several hundred familiar faces. Your pulse racing with the rhythm 
and with the joy of bringing song to everyone you've ever met. But you only get out a few notes before you realize that something is wrong. The people watching you are sad. They are in pain. And your music is hurting them. It is not bright and it is not uplifting. It is dark and discordant. You are dark and discordant. There is something wrong with you, Iria. You are surrounded by people, some you even love, but they don't like what they see. You are not a source of light anymore. The world finally got to you. Your inner light has been corrupted and you are dragging everyone down to your level. Wingatha, you are in a cage. It is a cage you have been in before, a cage you once thought you would die in. And your strength cannot help you now. The world and all its beauty is kept from you by suffocating metal and darkness. And with every second that passes, the bars press closer and your cage gets smaller. And you realize in one horrible moment that you have seen the sun set for the very last time. And you were not even paying attention. You squandered your last sunset because you didn't know. And it absolutely was your last because you are in a familiar dungeon and you are never getting out. Each one of you is in your own personal nightmare and it is up to each one of you to make it out alive. Holy shit. Goddamn.